The man once said, beware the Ides of August? That doesn't sound right. Now, the Ides are supposed to be the first full moon of any month, so in August, the first full moon happened to be August 1st, which I believe was a Sturgeon supermoon. But there's another full moon and another supermoon, a blue moon on August 31st, but that technically wouldn't be the Ides. But there are two supermoons in August, so are there two warnings that we should be concerned about? As, as it turns out, yeah, there are. There are two seasonal quirks that we have to pay attention to in the month of August. And one that I've talked about quite a lot, that's in the treasury market. And one that I haven't talked about quite a lot, though I think I probably should beginning today, that's labor market and economy. So we have money and macro Ides of August. Starting with the U.S. treasury market, this has happened every August going back several years, uh, really more than five years. For reasons that we can't really identify, long end of the treasury curve tends to sell off during the month of August. It began to an extent July 2016 and then September 2017, but then August 2018, August 2019, August 2020, August 2021, and of course, August 2022. This year, Treasury market has sold off only a tiny little bit, which might be significant in the context of our warning or our Ides of August sort of thing here that we've got going. In the month of August, the 10-year Treasury is up just 13 basis points, and I may be jumping the gun. Maybe the Treasury market will, com will completely fall apart the rest of today and in tomorrow before the month of August finishes up, but just 13 basis points on the 10-year U.S. Treasury this August, and that compares to last August, when the 10-year U.S. Treasury was up 48 basis points. So already rates are more flat than they had been last year at the very least. But it's not really about August, is it? Because most of the sell-off in the Treasury market, like most of the action in the real economy, that's really September. So the Ides of August, we're looking at them as a potential warning for what might follow in the month of September. Will it be a September filled with more inflation more rate hikes, or will it be like September 2019, repo problems, or last year, September 2022, all the fireworks that wasn't about the guilt market, global collateral shortage. How about September 1998, John Merriweather, LTCM. Um, I won't mention September 2008 because that's, that's going too far, I think. But September 2011, a shout out to the Swiss National Bank forced into action, as well as our friends at the Federal Reserve who announced Operation Twist in September 2011 because they were deathly afraid of doing a third QE so soon after the second one had completely failed. So September is really the month. And we look at the Ides of August, such that there are any, as potential clues for what might follow September and then after. And this year, maybe unlike many other years, it seems like we have such a binary choice. It's either inflation, massive rate hikes, rates to the moon, or eventually we're going to end up with lower rates, recession, deflation, and all that stuff. Because remember what happened after last September. While the Federal Reserve and the ECB and central banks around the world kept pressing rates higher, ever since last September... The long end of the yield curve, long end of a lot of yield curves have been basically flat, remarkably flat. What is that telling us about the Ides of this August? Well, before, before we get to that, first, I'm Jeff. This is Eurodollar University. I thank you very much for joining me. If you want to join me again this Friday, which will be the first day of September, 
6.30 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time, I'm having a webinar where we're going to go over some background detail about the monetary system, what has been going on over the last 16 years, bank failures. How come we don't remember the major bank failures in the 1980s, but we sure as hell remember those 16 years ago. And we might be, it might be the same for those earlier this year and many and any more that might follow later on. So again, that webinar, free, it's available to you. The, there's a link in the description. You gotta register beforehand. That's Friday, September 1st, 6.30 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. I hope to see you there. So the Ides of August in U.S. Treasuries. There does seem to be something about August in U.S. Treasuries, though, again, this year, not so much. Now, that's not necessarily unusual because, as I said before, September's really the month where things kick off. But we started this August with the usual bad treasury, bears, treasury bears everywhere, too many treasuries out there, deluge coming, Fitch downgrade, and on and on, and the speculative records shorts on the treasury curve. And then on August 10th, we got a 30-year treasury auction, which, according to the mainstream, was the only auction that has ever mattered in the history of treasury auctions. Supposedly, this was a weak one, which which heralded an era where the, the U.S. government was going to be unable to sell its debt. According to Bloomberg, U.S. Treasuries came under pr renewed pressure, pushing yields higher as the market struggled to absorb this week's final leg of new debt sales. But even with bonds sold for a yield of 4.189%, the highest since 2011, the amount allotted to primary dealers was the largest since February, a sign of weak demand. Afterwards, 30-year yields jumped as high as 4.26% late in New York. And this was just a couple days after a well-known hedge fund manager, Bill Ackman, made the 30-year long bond his short of all shorts. Mr. Ackman had said he is short in size the 30-year treasury, writing on what used to be called Twitter, I have been surprised how low, low, how low U.S. long-term rates have remained in light of structural changes that are likely to lead to higher levels of long-term inflation, including deglobalization, higher defense costs, the energy transition, growing entitlements, and the greater bargaining power of workers. As a result, I would be very surprised if we don't find ourselves in a world with persistent 3% inflation. Of course, that's not what inflation is. That's not how inflation works. So rather than tell the treasury market it needs to get used to 3% inflation, maybe we should be listening to the treasury market tell us it's not buying 3% inflation. After all, we don't use an L-shaped Phillips curve in reality. As Ackman said back on uh, August 2nd, there are many times in history where the bond market reprices the long end of the curve in a matter of weeks. And this seems like one of those times. Now, I may be picking on Mr. Ackman here, but here we are many weeks later at the end of August, and the 30-year Treasury, as I'm speaking, is about 4.23%. So only a couple basis points higher. So again, the Ides of August, maybe they're not about warning you to short Treasuries because of 3% inflation and all the stuff he mentioned, the mistaken impression people have of the great inflation of the 1970s, that wasn't because of labor market wage price spiral. It was because of what participants in the Treasury market know that you don't about the monetary system. Inflation is always and everywhere a monetary phenomenon. What the markets are saying, and they have been saying, they have been remarkably consistent since last year. 
almost flat. Fluctuations have been exceptionally minor, despite the fact that we hear all the time the treasury market and bond markets in general are incredibly volatile. Just look at the chart. It's the lack of volatility over the intermediate term that really stands out. No matter what has happened ever since last year, the markets, the long-term rates markets have been incredibly, remarkably consistent. And what does that tell us, not just about September, but the overall environment heading into September? Well, part of that we get from recent auctions. So the 30-year auction, maybe that was an anomaly. I don't think it was all that weak to begin with. It was overhyped because of course. Uh, there was a 10-year auction that happened just the day before the 30-year, which was completely stellar best numbers in, a, in quite some time. We've had three treasury auctions just, just this week, beginning Monday and then a seven-year auction yesterday. So Monday, we got a two-year and a five-year. Yesterday was a seven-year. And all three of them have been incredibly strong. The five-year treasury auction on Monday, that had a high yield of just 4.4%, a bid to cover of 2.535. So demand was there. The two-year auction was incredible. Uh, the high yield was 5.024%. And while that was the highest in a, quite a long time, it was well below the secondary market. And when issued rates, the bid to cover was nearly three to one. In the two-year treasury, that was a good buy. The, the note rate today, just two days later, 4.87%. And the reason why, the other August stuff that we'll talk about in just a minute. Yesterday, the Janet Yellen sold seven-year U.S. Treasuries, and seven-year is a particularly difficult maturity, which maybe you wouldn't think it would be, but the seven-year, like the 20-year, dealers don't really like the seven-year. It's illiquid. It's, there's a lot of volatility, real volatility, and real liquidity issues, or at least somewhat more liquidity issues with the seven than, say, for, for example, the five or the 10. So the seven-year already starts out with a little bit of a handicap, and yet yesterday's the high yield came at 4.212%, and the bid to cover was 2.746, which was one of the highest on record. And more than that, this was the exact opposite of that 30-year auction because dealers didn't really get much of it uh, at, at all. Instead, indirect bidders came away with a whopping 27 billion out of the 36 billion that were sold. And indirect bidders are typically those outside the United States placing bids through dealers or with other sources, including the Federal Reserve Bank of New York, in order to, to acquire these treasuries at auction. So what are foreigners seeing? Forget the 30-year auction, but what are foreigners seeing that they want U.S. treasuries and have wanted U.S. treasuries consistently despite everything that has happened over the last 10 months or so? What are they seeing? Well, we know the answer that we talk about it all the time. There's China, there's Asia, there's Europe that's already in recession, it's getting worse. And there's the United States, which may not be as softish, landing-ish as everyone seems to believe. Maybe there's a little bit too much complacency about the U.S. economy that foreigners from their outside perspective, looking in their own situation and looking around the rest of the world say, globally synchronized actually means something. It just was never growth. And in this context, it's a globally synchronized, increasingly deflationary recession. So going back to Mr. Ackman, who thinks that we're going into a world of steady 3% inflation, the bond market consistently said, no matter what has happened over the last year, no, not happening. Jay Powell, Jay, uh, Christine Lagarde, they can raise rates as much as they want. 
long-end demand has been remarkably stable, even through the month of August. The other Ides of August, so to speak, the other supermoon, is what usually happens during these business cycle troughs or transitions in the labor market and the general economy. August tends to be, August and summertime tends to be when companies decide getting ready for the fall, that's the time they're going to give up on hiring, they're going to give up on not firing workers, give up on labor hoarding, and start doing all the things that we associate with recession. Think about August 1974, for example. Even though the NBER says that the U.S. economy was in recession from the fall before with the oil shark, the payroll reports suggested that just moderate weakness, uh, modern pay payroll estimates show positive numbers right up until August. August 1974 is when, not when the bottom fell out, but it's when the transition between early stage, low-grade recession to, holy crap, this is bad, that's when it really got started, August of 1974. August of 1981, one of the worst recessions on record, too. Um, the first negative payroll report that cycle came in August of 1981. Again, the hot summer of 81, leading to what, what had been one of the worst labor markets in the post-war era. 1990. Uh, we got the first negative payroll report in July 1990, and August was the first big payroll report that went negative. So summertime 1990, and it wasn't about Saddam Hussein in Kuwait. Sorry, Alan Blinder, you can't bail the Fed out of this one. It was about the SNL crisis and the credit crunch, which was impacting the economy that weakened it to the point that the oil price spike due to impending invasion of Kuwait from Iraq that's what pushed it over the edge. And it pushed it over the edge during the summertime. Go back to the 1950s, 1957. There was a small positive in August of 57, but that's when the NBR says the recession began. Really, September was the big month there. 1953, July was the start of the recession, again, summertime, and that followed what had been the lowest unemployment rate on record in June of 1953. Summertime. It's not every recession cycle, but there are quite a few when summertime is really when the labor market heats up. And I will mention here 2008 because the labor market had been experiencing layoff and layoffs and job cuts up until around July and really August of 2008. So even before Lehman Brothers, the heat got turned up on the recession, the labor market during the hot summer, especially in the month of August. We got some Ides of August in payroll and labor market data. As mentioned yesterday, the jolts numbered. I just want to reiterate the hires, not job openings. The hires figure, I really want to show you this chart here because what it shows, I think, is exactly what we're talking about here. I mentioned how hires were down by more than 450,000 in uh, June and July together. So again, summertime heating up. Um, but that 450,000 was one of the worst two-month change in Jolt's hires in the entire series going back to, what was it, 2001. There was no two-month drop to that, to that extent at any point in 2008 and 2009. So outside of 2020, June and July 2023 really are extraordinary. And they're pointing toward 
the same type of warning that is priced into the consistent long end of U.S. Treasuries. Today, we got the ADP report for whatever it's worth. I don't really put too much stock in it, but ADP, that one dropped down to plus 177 from 371. Though last month, the July number 371 was revised higher from 324. So make of that what you will. Are we expecting from all of these warnings that the August payroll report that will be reported this Friday will be negative? Probably not. But what we are seeing in a lot of ways, not just U.S. Treasuries, not just rates markets, not just the JOLTS report, but a wide variety of economic data, especially around the rest of the world, that does suggest really since May into June and July and now potentially August, the economy for whatever it was earlier, whether it was in recession like Europe or it was just weak and failing and reopening like China, it is rolling over and deteriorating. That's what we're actually getting more and more evidence and confirmation of. Even if it doesn't feel like it when you look at the unemployment rate, for example, sticking around and waiting for the L-shaped Phillips curve, the data continues to move decisively in that direction, including more and more recently labor market indications. So the Ides of August may be warning us about September in both money terms as well as macro. So stay tuned for all of that. If you want to see more about that weird L-shaped Phillips curve and really what was in this Jolts report, check out the video at the link below me. As always, I thank you very much for joining me. Huge thank you, Eurodollar University subscribers and our Eurodollar University members. And until next time, take care.